and uh, I, I just about the commandments and that sort of thing. Not not commanding her, okay, but uh, was talking with her about the very subject of it. And um, you know, it's it's possible that maybe even in a study like this, uh, the Ten Commandments could be thought to be maybe in your mind a little elementary. Um, but there's there's no portion of the Word of God that should ever be viewed that way. Amen. And uh, may we never look at any part of God's Word as not being relevant, needful, necessary, or um, that cannot be applied in some further way in our life. We consider this ninth commandment, bearing false witness, the very idea of lying. Uh, Probably one of the first things that a child does outside of simply just saying no and disrespecting their parents, but it's by stretching the truth. Did you do it? No, I didn't do it. And all the evidence is there that they did it, right? And uh, they, they can't deny it. It's clearly there that it happened. And um, I think I could, I could bring to you many stories if I really sat down and thought. Uh, it's those times you try to forget, you know. But uh, how many times that I denied having done something as a uh, young boy, and uh, yet all the evidence was there that I had clearly done it. And uh, taking, the, taking that which is truth and uh, stretching it into be uh, into being something that we claim to be truth or we portray to be truth, but yet it's quite the opposite. In Proverbs chapter 6, we have our context in Exodus 20, but Proverbs chapter 6, why don't you look at that verse with me? Proverbs 6 and verse number 16, we see the Lord mentioning this very idea of lying. In fact, he mentions it so far as he brings it right alongside of other sins. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 16 Verse number 16 through 20, the Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. The Bible tells us that God associates lying with sins as bad, we would call them, or as far as murder in and of itself. Somebody says, well, if I lie, it's not nearly as bad as committing murder, but yet God places them side by side and says, it's all sin. And we understand that the Bible uh, makes it very clear, lying is a serious sin before God. There's a man by the name of George C. Parker, known as one of the most successful swindlers in all of American history. Uh, he set up an office in New York City and he sold some of New York's most famous attractions to tourists. Uh, he did this by creating forged documents, deeds, convincing people that he was the rightful owner of them, uh, these landmarks in which he was sell- selling. Some of the landmarks which he sold was the Brooklyn Bridge, the Statue of Liberty, uh, Madison Square Garden, and Grant's Tomb. Uh, you talk about a swindler, a guy who really can convince and uh, you talk about some dumb people too, right? But uh, um, he was so good at, uh, on one occasion that the police had to come and explain uh, to the new owners why they could not build toll booths and collect money from people uh, in front of these landmarks. And uh, this, this was a man who his very life, uh, his very way of living was brought together and functioning by lies. It was functioning by that which was not truth. Uh, he, is, as he is known as one of the greatest liars, yet we consider the Christian life as God's people and how sad and true it is that some Christians are building their Christian life off of lies. 
They're living their Christian life off of lies. The Christian life that they define is not even built upon genuine desire to serve God, but yet their very life in and of itself in quote-unquote service to God is nothing more than a lie. I wonder, Christian, if you might ask yourself, I wonder if you're here today and you might ask yourself, are you living genuinely before God? Are you living genuinely before God? Are you a genuine person of integrity? Is the person that people know you to be the very same person that you are when no one else is there? Is, are you the very same person that God knows you to be as you are in front of other people? Some uh, people within churches portray and they, they have uh, managed to create themselves to appear and to look and to live as a Christian should, when in reality, they're not even a Christian. Some Christians portray themselves to be living the Christian life and in pursuit of the will of God for their life, but in reality, there is no genuine desire to pursue anything other than their own will for their life. I wonder if you might ask yourself, are you genuinely living for God? Is everything about you and your relationship with God and man, is it nothing between? Is it genuinely who you are? Uh, we're not talking about a perfect person. We're talking about a person who is not building their, their life off of lies. A person who is simply building their life off of the truth of God's word. Again, I bring you back to the very idea that there is, no, uh, there is nothing that is... Uh, that is produced as a lie that does not take some truth with it. A lie, uh, as we see Satan even using himself in Scripture, he taking that which is truth and morphing it into and using some of that which is truth in the form of a lie. In many ways, it does the very same idea of what we talked about this morning. Christians can use and give themselves crutches in the Christian life and therefore really living much of a lie rather than a genuine desire to serve God. We learn what to say, how to say it, how to sing, when to say amen, how to pray, the manner in which we should pray, what time we should be at church, when we need to leave church, who are the people we should fellowship with, how are we to encourage people, but how much of that is actually genuine? How much of that is actually with a desire and with a heart's desire to serve God? In Genesis 39 and verse number 9, we see Joseph speaking concerning the sin uh, 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 that Potiphar's wife was desiring to bring upon him. The Word of God says this, There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. This is Joseph speaking. I have been given everything. The only thing I don't have is Potiphar's wife himself or herself. And he says this, Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, what Joseph was looking at was not simply just the fact of committing adultery, but he was looking at this, that any sin before God is shocking. The fact that I would even consider giving myself to sin in that fashion is, is uh, shame on me. It is a direct sin against God. And yet, sinning before God in the area of lying or living a lie or building your life on lies or being a person of gossip and forming lies, the Bible tells us it is a sin against God. The kids have learned all this week how that sin separates you from God. And they would get, illustrate with the kids, sin separates us from God. How that sin itself all must be punished. And may I remind you, Christian, today, that if you are letting yourself build your Christian life or areas of your life upon lies and that which is not truth, 
you will only find yourself in destruction. The Bible tells us all sin must be punished. God cannot bring blessings upon your life if you allow your life to be built upon lies. Proverbs chapter 22, why don't you turn there with me? A well-known verse, but uh, one that should be marked in your Bible if it's not. Proverbs 22 in verse number 1. Proverbs 22 in verse 1, the Word of God says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor, favor rather than silver and gold. John D. Rockefeller said, I have made many millions, but they have brought me no happiness. Andrew Carnegie said, Millionaires seldom smile. Henry Ford, uh, we knowing for the great famous individual who he was, and after the tremendous success which he had in business, said he was happier when he was simply just doing a mechanic's job. Are you a person of genuine honesty before God? Take it a step further. Are you a person of integrity? Proverbs 19, verse 1, the Bible says, Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Proverbs 11, verse 3, the word of God says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them but the perverseness of the transgressor shall destroy them. Job 31, verse 6, the Bible says, Let me be weighed in an even balance, that God may know mine integrity. That word integrity in and of itself means whole or complete. Is who you are known to be among others, the same person that God knows you to be between you and him. We talked about that face-to-face -face relationship with God this morning. And yet God knows the heart, only God knows the heart, and God knows how much of your heart has been given to him. And God knows how much, uh, how much you are desiring to give of yourself to him in, in service and in obedience and in choosing simply just to live for him. God knows the integrity of your heart. Winston Churchill said this, never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. And nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Another man once said, integrity is a long-term building project built over a lifetime, broken down in a moment. Think about that. Built over a lifetime, broken down in a moment. You see, no one can take your integrity, but you can give up your integrity. No one can take your integrity, but you can give up your integrity. 1 Kings 9 and verse number 4, the Bible says, And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and wilt keep my statutes and my judgments. God gives the promise and he continues in 1 Kings, but he speaks of David as a man who walked in the integrity of heart. Integrity is simply a heart matter. It's a choice. It's a choice to live in honesty before God. It's a choice to live in genuine desire before Christ. When a salesman was tempted to do something unethical, someone suggested, well, no one will ever know. No one will ever see what you've done. And yet his response to that was, yes, but I will know. I'll know what I've done. You know, the very problem why many uh, people can so easily build their life upon lies is because they've seared their conscience to even realizing that they're not speaking truth any longer. How easy it is to speak just a little white lie. And we excuse ourselves and convince ourselves that it's, that it's okay. It's, I didn't murder somebody, but yet we understand the great 
the, the, the great comparison that God makes, the things that God specifies that are hated by him, these sins being brought right alongside of one another, lying being one of those. Could we consider the very fact that of all the commands that are given uh, as a part of the law, one of those was not bearing false witness. It was not lying. Why? Because lying is, though may be considered small, when, when one lie is given, so many other lies often follow. So you can't truly cover up that which is not truth uh, with truth on top of it. You have to keep putting more of that which is not truth on top of it to keep it firm. And as a building in itself must have integrity to stay firm, to stay strong, so the Christian life must remain with integrity in and of itself. And, and we understand that um, God knows the heart. How is our heart? Are we a person of genuine uh, service before God, a genuine obedience before God? Someone said integrity is living every moment in the presence of a God of integrity. I'll say that again. Integrity is living every moment in the presence of a God of integrity. We know God to be a person, a God of truth. So we should live every moment knowing that because God is truth, so my life, <coughs> excuse me, should be lived as a life of truth. So tonight I want to talk to you about what happens when we allow ourselves or when we give ourselves over to lying. Um, if you take your Bibles and turn them with me to Proverbs uh, chapter 19, Proverbs 19, the Bible tells us, number one, that when you give uh, when you give yourself over to lying, when you allow yourself to be a, a liar uh, and, and a person who's building your life upon lies, number one, your conscience loses discernment. I mentioned it already, but as we understand, uh, David himself, he had begun lying, but yet it was only a matter of time that he found himself murdering. A man who had only started with a small lie, but yet that one sin allowed and caused him to commit other greater sins, as we, would, as we would associate them to be. But yet, may we not forget all sin is sin before God. There is no small or great sin. But there is no lie that cannot be given without other sins following right behind it. I wonder, maybe you're a young man or a young lady in the very life in which you're living and um, is uh, the things which you're looking at. Uh, maybe it's areas of pornography. Uh, are, are you being honest and genuine before God that you're living a life of purity before him? Uh, we, men, we consider our relationship with our spouse. Are we being honest uh, men before God? Are we being honest fathers before our children? Uh, ladies, are we being honest mothers, genuine mothers of love before God in our service and our obedience to him? The Bible tells us our conscience loses discernment. You see, it's when we stop doing as Joseph did and saying, well, I could never do that. That would be shame before my God of truth, of integrity. It's when we stop having that kind of response that we've already seared our own conscience. You see, it is our conscience and the Holy Spirit through our conscience that gives us the discernment of, and gives us that feeling inside of knowing, I, I, I know I wasn't telling the truth. I know I didn't do right there. It's that... It's that inward gut feeling that's, uh, that, that where your stomach kind of sinks in and says, oh no, how am I going to get out of this? Now, I, now I've just lied. In order to try to get out of it, we lie again. In order to try to get out of it, we build it on another lie yet again. 
How many churches, uh, uh, the, the, unfortunately, instead of letting God build uh, their, their lives and build the church in of itself, they're being, the, the only thing that's being built is much and much gossip. Many things are being discussed and talked about of, of other brethren and sisters, and, and uh, yet none of it is of complete truth. All of it is taking a small amount of truth and forming it into what we believe it to be. Christian, be careful of that which you're speaking, that which you're living, that which your life is putting out is one of genuine truth, and that your conscience is allowing, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's allowing uh, you to have discernment. The Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit because it is when we allow ourselves to give in to the sin of lying, that very feeling that makes us feel uncomfortable is the Holy Spirit being grieved. It's the Holy Spirit being grieved. A recent study from an advertising agency did a nationwide telephone survey on lying to find out when Americans lie, how Americans lie, and why they lie. Listen to some of these results. 91% of all Americans confessed that they regularly lied. 79% had given out false phone numbers or invented new identities when meeting strangers on airplanes. 21% of Americans, that's one out of every five, admitted that they couldn't get through even one day without going along with a previously manufactured lie. And if you, maybe you would be able to guess what the survey revealed uh, that we lie about the most. The three different options that were given were income, weight, and age. You got it. Weight. Weight was the thing that was most lied about. And yet following right behind it was money in and of itself. So we consider how true it is that we can go from day to day and allow ourselves to portray some seed of dishonesty, of un, in, ungenuine desire before uh, God of service and obedience. You know, the individual who at their workplace uh, seeks to be someone else than who they really are before God is a person that's living a lie. The individual that has a different language at their workplace or different language around certain friends or family than they do with their own church family is the individual that's building their life on lies. Christian, may it not be said of us that we are, uh, we are anything other than a person of integrity. Number two, not only will your conscience lose discernment, but number two, you will ruin your reputation. I read already Proverbs 22, verse 1, speaking of that good name, that good name is, is rather be chosen than great riches. How is your reputation? Number three, you'll lose the power to overcome the enemy. You remember the story of Achan as after he had taken of uh, the, the, the unclean thing, that, that tr those treasures of Jericho. And the Bible tells us that they had lost power. They had lost the strength and ability to even fight the smallest of enemies. They'd lost power to overcome the enemy. Proverbs 19, verse 9, the Bible says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. In John 8, verse 44, the Bible says, He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. That's speaking of Satan himself. So here's the truth of it, as, Proverbs, or as John 8, verse 44 tells us, that Satan is the father of lies. When you allow yourself to give in to the sin of lying, you're father, following a different father. You're following a different father. And by the way, Christian, if you've got something to hide in your Christian life, you're already committing the sin of lying. 
If you've got something to hide that you don't want others to see, you don't want others to know that you're going to church, others to know that you're a Christian, others to know that uh, you have surrendered your life in some fashion or some way, that you've committed your life to God in some way, you're already living a lie. The Bible tells us you ruin your own reputation. And by the way, you don't just ruin your own reputation, but you ruin God's reputation. How unfortunate it is many people who are known to be Christians, yet trying to become like the world and do things as the world does in order to be accepted, they hurt the very testimony of God. And others would unfortunately go as far to say, wow, and you call yourself a Christian. Wow, and you attend Community Bible Church. Wow, and you say you love the Lord. May it not be said of us that our language is taking the Lord's name so flippantly. May it not be said of us that uh, our, our eyes would be so easily given over to lust. May it not be said of us that we are a person that is so consumed with ourselves and proud that we are unwilling to give any attention to anybody else, to think of others first. The Bible tells us you ruin your own reputation. Number three, uh, you lose your power to overcome the enemy. Number four, you lose all peace. You lose all peace. Again, we understand Achan uh, as he had committed that sin, yet what was it that they had lost? They lost all peace. The enemy had been given the victory and they could find no comfort until they identified the sin and they removed the sin from out of the camp. In John 14, verse 27, the Bible says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, that which uh, we should be concerned about is simply having peace with God and before God. The Bible tells us they lost all peace. These men, they lost to the people of Ai, and, and uh, they, they had been uh, smitten by yet a, just a small army. After having been given the victory over uh, the greatest of cities, Jericho, in and of itself, yet what was their loss and victory all built on? It was a lie. It started with a lie. The Bible tells us you lose all peace. You see, the individual who chooses to live in truth and integrity before God is the individual that is content with simply the peace that God gives. And there is that peace that God gives in their heart that God describes it even further, that peace that passes all understanding. Because the individual who has so received of God's salvation is content with God's salvation and is not seeking to portray their life or live their life to be anything less than that, they are satisfied with God's peace. They are content with God's peace. And God has given them that peace in their own heart. Number five, your prayers become secondary. Your prayers become secondary. Again, I refer to the people of uh, the, the children of Israel and their loss to the, to, the, uh, to the army of Ai and their loss in victory. And if you study the passage of Scripture in Joshua chapter 7, you find that they didn't find themselves on their knees in prayer until after they lost the victory, or until after they didn't have the victory. They lost the battle. The Bible tells us that your prayers become secondary. How can you identify if your life is being built upon lies, if you're one that's giving in to lies? Well, how's your prayer life? Because the individual who's choosing to live a life of faith and belief in God, trusting in him, the, the God of truth and integrity, and believing that all he has to give is all that we need for our life, is the individual that allows himself to come to him continually, come to God continually in prayer. And their prayers are not secondary, but yet they come first. 
Matthew 7 and verse 7, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Number six, and lastly, the Bible tells us you lose the blessings of God. You lose the blessings of God. In Ephesians 4 verse 29, why don't you look at this last verse with me. In Ephesians 4 verse 29. Again, we are not only hurting ourselves, but we are also hurting God who lives within us when we give ourselves into these sins. This, it is this passage of Scripture we see God referring to the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So you're not ministering or you're not manufacturing gossip, you're not manufacturing lies, uh, you're, you are not uh, letting yourself... Um, produce anything out of your mouth that is anything other than truth from God. The Bible says in continuing verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of, re of redemption. And in verse number 29, the Bible uses that word corrupt. It literally means uh, bad, rotten, or putrid. Don't let anything of that form or fashion proceed out of your mouth. The word grieve, when spoken of the Holy Spirit, it speaks of uh, a pain and a sorrow, a pain and a sorrow. Again, you hurt yourself. You hurt also the very God who lives within us. You grieve the Holy Spirit. So we can't expect God's blessing when we're lying. We can't expect God's blessing through the Holy Spirit's power. We're now not depending on him by faith and prayer, but yet uh, we're depending upon our lies, our manufactured lies, to proceed further in life. We hurt not just our reputation, but we hurt the reputation of God himself. We lose victory over the enemy because uh, now we've already uh, get, let him have victory in our life, to, to, who is the father of lies, to allow ourselves to be following him rather than our heavenly father. We lose all peace. We have no peace and, and contentment, and, and uh, we, knowing now in our own heart that, that we're living that which is not truth, our conscience loses all, all of its discernment. Now the Holy Spirit no longer works within us and leading us and guiding us. But now we're constantly trying to find something else to insert into our life in order to allow ourselves to be seen as someone or something else. So how do we defeat a lie? Well, we pray for power over the tongue. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Number two, pray for a tender conscience. Hebrews 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And number three, strive to be genuine in everything that you say and do. Listen to James chapter 3 and verse 17 as I close. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Let's every head bowed and every eye closed.